I want to talk about faith for finances tonight. I believe it's so important that we keep ourselves uh, stirred up in our faith to prosper and to overcome all of the negative that is in the world uh, concerning finances right now, uh, our nation's tremendous debt, 15 trillion, isn't it? Something like that. And mounting by the day, you know, uh, I heard one guy say that 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 the the right side could win this election if they just put a a uh, counter up and let the dollars roll over and just stood there beside it and never said a word and just let how fast the debt is amounting in America and that can be very uh, that can be very scary when we think about it and then when we think about gas prices and the threats that have come across concerning that uh, most people say that if uh, if there's something between Israel and Iran and I heard Benjamin Netanyahu say and you may have watched him on TV I heard him say we will take Iran out and it's not going to be in weeks it's not going to be in days, it's not going to be in weeks, but it's not going to be in years. That tells me, what's it going to be in? Months. <laughs> Hallelujah. He says, we're going, we are going to take them out. And, uh, uh, so, and through those things, if the Strait of Harmuth, is that what it's called? The Strait of Harmuth? Okay, Harmuth was to be shut down uh, by war. That would cause ga uh, gas prices to go even higher. And so, but we're not to... Fasten our eyes on those things. We're not to meditate on those things. We're to meditate on what God has said. Hallelujah. Now, I've been to the store, and I can tell you, groceries are higher. Clothes are higher. Not just gas, but of course, gas affects everything, doesn't it? You know, because shipping costs and all that. Even to, even to mail a package, you know, and... Uh, Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, just everything is, 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 is going up. And, uh, so, uh, but we're not to focus on that. I know I'm mentioning it tonight, but I just, am, I'm just mentioning it because of those that have their head in the sand. And they're, you know, like they're like playing Scarlett O'Hara. It's not good enough to be a Scarlett O'Hara and say, now I'm just not going to think about that. I'm going to think about that tomorrow. Uh, you know, and a lot of times Christians just do that. Well, I'm not going to think about that. I'm just going to go to baseball. Instead of, and instead of using our faith, we've got to use our faith in these situations. And so we need to have faith for finances. We need to have a, a continual faith for finances. Always have had to, though. You know, I remember when we moved to Seminole to pastor the church, interest, I think, was 16% that year. Finance the house at 16% interest. Hallelujah. <laughs> it was a shock, especially since we had we we sold a house in Seagraves where it, we had bought. It was a three bedroom, two bath brick house, and we bought it and we paid eighteen thousand dollars for it in nineteen seventy five. No, yeah, seventy five. And my daddy had a fit because we paid eighteen thousand dollars for a house, and had a hundred and twenty two dollar a month house payment, and then went to buy a house. For 16% interest. Hallelujah. So it was quite a shock to the system. Hallelujah. And went from hiding money in the refrigerator, just cash money because we were farmers, to living on a pastor's salary. Hallelujah. But you know, faith is the big equalizer. Faith is the, hallelujah, faith is the victory. Hallelujah. If you'll get in faith, it doesn't matter much what interest is. It doesn't matter much what the price of houses is. It doesn't matter what wages are. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It doesn't matter if, what groceries cost. It don't matter if there's shortages. Now, you may be worried about food shortages. And I saw something on my email a while ago. Some minister that is, um, he's selling $90. You can get... You can get something that will see you through. I don't know if I want to eat that stuff. I don't know. I'm a little finicky, but I guess I just had never been hungry yet, or I might be more open. But uh, I'm not so much worried about food because God said he'd supply our need. Hallelujah. And my concern is that, so I'm stocking up on baby powder because... Uh, 
I don't know if the Lord's going to count that as a need or a luxury, and I don't think I can sleep without powder in my neck, so I know that sounds crazy to y'all, but I am addicted to baby powder. I'm not like that woman I saw advertised on TV that eats the stuff. Did y'all see that advertisement? Oh, my Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm not eating it. I promise y'all I'm not eating it, but I, I do, I do want to supply that because I think I can believe food in, but I'm not sure I can believe baby powder in. <laughs> Hallelujah. I know I'm just messing with y'all tonight. Hallelujah. So anyway, um, hand me the Amplified Bible, will you, Pastor, if you don't mind. Anyway, we're going to have faith for finances tonight. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> in Mark chapter 4, I forgot that I was going to use the Amplified Bible. Let's look there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Mark chapter 4, verse 20. And those sown on, this is talking about the sower sowing the seed and everything, and we're going to start right in the middle, but y'all know this, you're familiar with it. And those sown on the good, well-adapted soil are the ones who hear the word and receive and accept and welcome it and bear fruit, some 30 times as much as was sown, some 60 times as much, and some even 100 times as much. And then verse 24, And he said to them, Be careful what you are hearing, the measure of thought and study, say thought and study, you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you and more besides will be given to you who hear. So he says, be careful what you hear. And in other words, it's just like anything else. The word is you're going to get out of it what you put into it. The measure of thought and study. We're not just supposed to come here and let it go in one ear and out the other, but we're supposed to take these scriptures home, meditate the scriptures, read the scriptures, confess the scriptures, speak the scriptures. As God reveals scriptures to you, and He does to me, you know, nearly every week I get three or four scriptures that I want to pray about this, and I want to say this over that. And uh, we should have specific healing scriptures that apply to our situation. We should have specific uh, scriptures Scriptures that apply to any financial situations that we have. Um, hallelujah. And uh, we should be speaking what God says and agreeing with His Word. Hallelujah. In our situations. Hallelujah. Now in the, I would, I, I would have brought it out here, but I forgot. In that little book, and most of you have this book, but if you don't, uh, that little Charles Capps book, the one for finances, God's Creative Power will work for you, but on the finances, not the regular one. I think this one's kind of brown looking. And uh, in the front of that, before the scriptures, there's a, about five or six confessions. One of them is for uh, increase of salary. One of them is if you need to sell something. Now, me and Pastor have sold two or three things just confessing that scripture. Uh, and, and then one of them is for uh, if you need to buy property or you're believing for a house or something like that, that it's got a confession to believe property to come to you. Uh, it's got a confession in there, just a little short confession about all debts, mortgages being canceled. And those are just superb confessions um, to confess together, and especially husbands and wives getting in agreement. And even uh, Pastor and I, on a regular basis, not every morning, but most mornings while we're drinking coffee, we'll open up our our, uh, our little book. What is that? A dream book. Our dream book. And we will look at the pictures and say, now, Lord, we thank you that this is done. And we thank you that that's done. And we thank you for this. And, you know, we I have a copy of a debt, one of the statements. And I we speak over that debt. We have a copy of our mortgage. And we in there and we say, we thank you, Lord, this mortgage is paid in full. I wrote paid in full across across it. And and uh, so just letting it, we got to see it with our, the eyes of our heart and uh, confess it with our mouth and uh, believe God. You know, we can't think it through, but we can believe it through. That is so powerful right there. Ephesians 3.20. Ephesians 3.20. I, I think I'm just going to read that in the King James, but we'll see. Ephesians 3.20. So it's just in, so many Christians are just in neutral, not believing for anything in particular. And it's what a waste. If you can't, if you don't need anything, then start believing. Hey, we got plenty of stuff we're believing for around here. You can start making confessions for the church. Hallelujah. Actually, that's where we should be. We should, I told the Lord, I, I really want to get to the place where I don't have any prayer needs. I don't need, I don't even have to pray for my stuff. 
I just can spend all my time praying for other people's things. And that's a great place to be as long as you don't just sit down and take a rest. Ephesians 3.20 Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. So something has to be working in us on the inside. Hallelujah. And we make something work on in us by speaking the word, by praying in tongues. That's causing the inner man to work. When you pray in tongues, the inner man works. When you speak the word, the inner man is working. Hallelujah. So uh, uh, that's important scripture. So both of these kind of say the same thing. So according to, he said, according to the power that works in us. So we might ask ourselves, well, what is the power? And the word tells us what the power is. Hallelujah. Romans 1.16, Romans 1.16 says, Hallelujah, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God. Hallelujah. Unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So in that we find out that it's the gospel or the good news the Word of God, the good news, not just the begats, and although that's that's inspired, the begats are inspired, the all of these scriptures are inspired, and they're all true, but they're not going to cause power to work in you because that's not the good news. You go to the good news, the promises, and the gospels. The gospel is good news, and the promises of God, they are good news. So many Christians fight, fight to fight to be sick. Fight the, for the right to be sick. Well, God doesn't want to heal everybody. You know, well, that's fighting for the right to be sick. Hallelujah. We want to fight for the good news. Amen. Third John 2, you know that scripture. We could just quote it, but we'll read it. Brother Hagin said, makes all the difference in the world when you actually turn in your Bible. He said in healing school, the people that just sat there and didn't turn, that didn't get healed. But the ones that would turn made all the difference in the world. I'm quoting him, not myself. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Some versions say I pray above all things. Some versions say I desire above all things. Hallelujah. I don't think wishing's enough, really. But he, I believe it's, a, I believe it's more than a wish. I believe it's a desire. But I think that, uh, uh, hallelujah, I know that it's that we prosper and we're in health, that you're going to have to have some soul prosperity. That speaks of, that speaks of a renewed mind. Yeah. Your soul's not prospering if you have an old, unrenewed mind. Just believe what granny said and grandma said and, and you know, or, the, or what you heard in church. Revelation's progressive. It's not enough. Uh, I told my mom today, She, you know, I'm thankful the body of Christ is moving. I'm very thankful. I am so thankful. And, uh, you know, I'm one reason I'm so thankful that the body of Christ is moving and changing is we're getting more in unity. I know Michael and his parents and us, we were more in unity this time when they were here than we had ever been because they had had an evangelist that had them lift their hands and they had had an evangelist that played a guitar and sang scriptures. They, they were like, I didn't even bother to say we've been doing that a long time, singing scriptures. But they, they, he made us sing scriptures. And uh, he gave testimonies about what God had done, which we're used to that. Uh, you know, the Bible tells, you know, remember when Jesus healed, uh, who was it? The, uh, I think it was the lunatic, uh, no, the Gadarean demoniac. He said, go and tell what great things God has done for you. Hallelujah. A testimony opens the word to people. It opens the door for you to speak the word. I try to give testimonies to people. And so I told uh, Norma and Walt while we, they opened the door. And so I told them about, um, uh, I told them about David Horton's mother and, and David uh, and, and uh, Doc Horton falling in the floor, floor and dying. And I told them about that. And Norma went, wow. You know, and, and you know, that's not surprising to us, but that's very surprising to them. Why? Because they don't hear testimony. Hallelujah. But things, the gap is narrowing. Ever be it so slow. And mother, my mother and I were talking about it today. And I said, you know, and she, we were talking about Baptists lifting their hands. They are now here in Tuscaloosa. They do that. And, and I think they've been doing it here longer than they, before it hit Seagraves. I can tell you, it's going to be, Seagraves is going to be last to know about everything. 
They just barely get mail there. That is the gospel truth. They barely, UPS won't even deliver your package to the door in St. Graves. They just take it to the post office, and the girls have to write the post office box number on it. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's, it, is, it is back there. And um, so uh, I said, you know, but think about it. We started lifting our hands in the charismatic movement in 1960. That is 52 years ago. Now, Pentecostals were lifting them before that, but there was a worldwide sweeping revival 52 years ago where Baptists and Methodists and Lutheran and, and Catholics started lifting their hands. And it's like, doggone, we missed that. Hallelujah. But, you know, hallelujah. We'll speed up, maybe. That's what we need to pray. They'll speed up. Thank you, Jesus. He, she, I don't know, though. She said their preacher said the theme song of the Baptist church is, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. <laughs> she said the pastor said it. I'm just quoting them. I'm not, I'm not trying. Okay. So praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I don't want to be that way. I want to be easy. I want to flow. I want to go with God. I want the new. I don't want to stick with the old. I mean, I tell you what, if you, you know, when, when we got filled with the Spirit, the assembly of God was like, well, I don't know about this. Cause you know, them, they wear pants to church and, and they're baptizing the Holy Ghost and, and they got red fingernail polish. You know, really, they didn't know what to do with us. But thank God we got in one, an assembly of God where uh, they were very loving. And so they were like, we don't understand y'all, but we'll love you anyway. And, uh, and uh, the pastor, he, the brother Barker, he would always say, I don't preach on the clothesline. That means he don't preach on, don't wear pants, wear your hair long, all that. That's, he, he always told his congregation, I don't preach on the clothesline. Hallelujah. Well, thank goodness, because we couldn't have stayed if he had a preached on the clothesline. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. So Romans 12, 2 talks about us not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our minds. Hallelujah. And we are all in a constant process of that. And let me tell you something. You don't ever arrive because you just take two weeks off and your mind will go back. You'll start fretting. You'll start worrying. You'll start, uh, you know, Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, let's see. I'm going to go on now. Let's talk about faith for finances. And I want to talk about, uh, praise God, um, on the wrong page, how we are not subject to the times. And we need to prove that from the Word of God tonight. We're not subject to, nor do we live under the dominion, the rule, the control, or the influence of whichever way the economy and world system is going at the moment. Hallelujah. The times are subject to our authority in our lives. In our lives. The times are subject to our authority in our lives. The authority of the Word, the authority of the blood, and the authority of the name of Jesus spoken and acted upon by the believer. We have to not only speak it, we have to act like it's true. I know I, I think of this so often, so often. He said, Brother Hagin said when he was pastoring the church, you know, he quit pastoring, uh, in the, probably the late forties, I think, or, or, or very early fifties. He'd been about till that time, from the time he was 17 till that time, he pastored in Pentecostal churches. I don't know if it was Assembly, of, I think it was Assembly of God, but I know it was Pentecostal. And uh, he pastored in churches. And uh, and so he said sometimes, and you know, those type of churches are deacon board. Or a lot of times Assembly of God are elder. They have elders instead of deacon. No, they don't. They have board of trustees. That's what they call them in the Assembly of God. Board of trustees. And uh, so they had board run churches. And so they would go to have the business meeting. And something would be wrong or something would be bad. And, and they would say, Brother Hagen. What are we going to do? And he'd say, well, i tell you what we're going to do. We're going to act like the Word is true. Hallelujah. That's what we got to do is act like the Word is true. Praise God. When it comes to health, we've got to act like the Word is true. 
Hallelujah. We got to talk like the word is hallelujah. We got to line our mouth of it. Remember, I talked to you, I don't know if it was last week or Sunday morning, about having a spirit of faith. And that means applying it in everything in our life. And boy, the Lord, you know, you preach something, the Lord will start calling you up on it. And so I, boy, several areas, not just healing, but other areas. You know, if where your kids are so concerned, we ought to have a spirit of faith concerning our kids, no matter what they're doing or how they're acting, right? Even if they're teenagers, have a spirit of faith. Amen? Say everything's turning out amazing. Oh, I didn't mean, I mean say that about your teenagers. I'm glad you said it, but hallelujah. Say that at home too, about your teenagers, about your car. Quit cursing your car. Quit cursing your job. You know, quit cursing your boss. Hallelujah. He may be, but, but saying everything's turning out amazing. I have favor. This place is blessed because of me. I'm Joseph to this place. Hallelujah. Praise God. And, and you know, putting on a spirit of faith. Boy, I tell you, the Lord arrested me about some stuff. Because I can, I, you know, he, he, he said, have a spirit of faith about your mother-in-law. I heard, uh, I heard David Horton say that. This past week, have a spirit of faith. Imagine that, having a spirit of faith about your mother-in-law. How Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, I don't have a problem having a spirit of faith about my mother-in-law. Hallelujah. Because she, you know, I might, but she's kind of keeps to herself. Uh, so I probably, that's one reason I don't have a problem. Hallelujah. But maybe your brothers and sisters having a spirit of faith about them. Staying in that spirit of faith. Let me tell you something. It's work. It's spiritual work, isn't it? It is. It is. It is. Okay. So, but we have to maintain that at all times. Endeavor to maintain it. When we mess up, we repent. Start over. Say, Father, I have the spirit of faith. There, I believe, therefore I speak. And I'm speaking this over this situation. And if you can't say anything else, you can say everything's turning out amazing. Hallelujah. You know, if you can't say nothing else, say it'll be okay in heaven. <laughs> At least you can believe that far. It's going to be okay when we get to heaven. Thank you. I totally believe that some people won't be fixed on this side. And I can't wait till Jesus gets them and fixes them. Y'all are so spiritual. Y'all don't ever think that about anybody. I could fix them if they had let me, but they won't. So... Hallelujah. You could fix them too. Psalm 27, verse 1. So we're not subject to or governed by another economy or another system. We're no more subject to the system of the United States of America than we are subject to the system of finances in Iran. Either you're out of the system or you're in it. And you've got to buy out. You've got to buy out of the system and say... You know, and if, if you find yourself caving, then you probably need to turn the news off and get in the Word. Too much CNN will put you under. It will. It will. you got to limit that stuff. You know, I want to know. I like to look at the news enough to know if Israel bombed Iran or something. I mean, I do want to know these things. And I do have a... My cell phone actually will put breaking news, and it'll tell... You know, something that happened. You know, there was a shooting or there was this. Hallelujah. So you can find out stuff that way and maybe not have to get so involved. Psalm 27, 1 through 6. I, you know, I got involved for a while. I got involved. I wanted to find out how the system worked. And so I found out and I said, okay, I know now. And hallelujah. But, you know, if you're going to listen to the news, try to find somebody that's Christian. Psalm 1. Verse 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. And so, you know, you don't need to be listening to liberal talk radio, NPR. I just, I'm loaded right now about that. That, yeah, that is bad news, that NPR. Uh, and you don't need to be listening to MSNBC. You know, Brett Bayer, he's a Christian. No, is that his name? He's a Christian. You might listen to him. I believe Bill O'Reilly's a Christian. I didn't. He's a Catholic, but he's. I've heard him confess Jesus as Lord. Of course, I've heard Oprah confess it too, and she's way messed up. <laughs> she is. I love her, but she's way messed up. Hallelujah. 
I believe she'll get it straightened out. She's raised in Christian, but she's got too many liberal friends. And, the, you know, uh, let's see, what is it? Bad morals. Let's see. Bad company corrupts good morals. That's what the word says. And that's what happened to her. Now, I'm not, now don't get offended at me. I'm telling the truth, and I'm not mad at anybody. But hallelujah. You got to praise God. You got you to gotta just face it. Deal truthfully. I know it hurts sometimes. Psalm 27. We live in a secret place. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Right there is a great scripture for cancer. Right there. Right, write that out beside you. That is a scripture to stand on for cancer right there. Number verse 2. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. For in the time of trouble He shall hide me in His pavilion, in the secret of His tabernacle shall He hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. In the time of trouble He will hide us. Whether the trouble is tornado, or the trouble is hurricane, or the trouble is financial, He's going to hide us in a pavilion. Amen. If it's biological warfare, He will hide us. If it is uh, contagion, we know Psalm 91 speaks of contagion, contagious diseases, and we are hid in a pavilion in the time of trouble. Now, the, 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 the key is, the key is faith. The key is faith in the Word. I know one time, you know, there's a scripture in Proverbs that says, the house of the righteous will stand. Y'all know that scripture? Well, I got a hold of that in my heart concerning tornadoes, which they don't even hardly have tornadoes in West Texas, very rarely. And uh, if they do, it lasts a minute. If they do, it's, it's, you can see it for 20 miles. I, I mean, you know it's, it's not like here because you can see because there's nothing in your way. Not one thing in your way. Not one tree, not one mountain, nothing. You can see it coming. Um, you have forewarning. That don't mean you still have to train yourself not to fear. But I saw this lady in our church in Seminole was very afraid of tornadoes. And so she said, okay, you're telling me if I just walk around the house saying, the house of the righteous will stand, the house of the righteous will stand. And I just say that over and over, and you know, that it'll work. And I said, uh, no, it won't. Can you tell by how she asked? that she's not in faith about it, you've got to have faith in the Scripture. You've got to have faith where you can say it once. And, you know, last year when we had the first tornado, the first part of April, we were gone the second tornado, the big tornado. But we had one on our side of town. And I know, and Michael was gone. He's gone to preach that funeral in Houston. And uh, and I just, the, so I wouldn't let myself there sit. I said, now I've believed so what do you do when you believe? Do you sit there and keep watching James Spann? No, because no, you're just getting more fearful. I believed, I spoke, and I made myself read a book. Now, I didn't say it was easy, but I made myself read a book. I wouldn't let myself go over there and start building this and building it, building it, building it. I believed, therefore I spoke. The house of the righteous will stand. It will not come near my dwelling, you know. And you gotta act. You can't just you can't just say, but you have to act on your faith. Okay, so we're talking about this, and same with finances. So we're not talking about trouble like that, but we're talking about financial trouble tonight. But he hides us in a pavilion from financial trouble too. Now let me tell you two things. I don't even know. I wrote this down somewhere, and I don't know where I wrote it down. Okay, we we have to release faith in God's word. So when you find a scripture like that, we release faith in God's Word by our mouth. The only way to release faith is with the mouth. Hallelujah. So we release faith. And uh, we know we need to, if we find ourselves going, Oh, the house of the righteous will stand, the house of the righteous will stand. My God shall supply all my need. My God shall supply all my need. Oh, oh Lord, you said the righteous. And we find ourselves being fearful. We need to build ourselves. We can tell, i got to build myself. We don't have to get under condemnation. We just need to build ourselves. And then also I want to tell you something. Faith will not override a negative confession. 
So it's so that's important that we get the same thing coming out of our mouth. If we confess and we're healed, then we better if we're saying healing scriptures, we better we better make our wor- our words line up with it. If we're confessing that my God supplies all my needs and we're speaking the word and and we're declaring the word every day and we're saying this is sold or that's sold or 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 this mortgage is paid, then we better, you know, the next day we can't say, oh, we'll never get this mortgage paid off. Hallelujah. You know, or I heard somebody say today, every time they take one step forward, they take two steps back. Hallelujah. You're not going to get, how I many know you're not going to get anywhere in God's Word doing that. And so, and, and also, faith will not override disobedience. Sometimes people are like, oh yeah, I'm using my faith. Oh yeah. I'm doing that. I'm using my faith. Yes, I'm standing. Well, do you go to church? No, we don't go to church. You know, well, that's disobedience to the Word of God. And you can't use faith and override disobedience. And a lot of Christians try to do that. Well, I'm believing God's going to prosper us. Well, the prophet said so. He said so. Well, are you a tither? No, we don't tithe. Well, do you even give offerings? No, we, we don't. Every once in a while we give a little something. You know, we need this money. But, oh, we're, we're prospering. No, you faith won't override disobedience. Okay, so let's keep going. Psalm 32, turn over a couple of books. 32, verse 6 and 7. For this shall every one that is godly pray unto thee in time, when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters they shall not come nigh unto him. So we don't care how high the water gets, how deep the interest gets, how high the gas prices go. You know, you are making a big mistake when you get to the point where you say, I can't go to church because gas is too high. You have done messed up. You have done messed up. Hallelujah. What should you say? Bless God, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I don't care if we have to... Pray in tongues all the way over there, all the way back. We will go to church. We don't care if gas is $15 a gallon. Hallelujah. We're going to have to set our faith. God, you know, God's a multiplier. He's a multiplier. He's multiplied food before. He can do it again. He sent ravens to feed the prophet. He can do it again. He will do it again. He's multiplying food all the time. Hallelujah. Psalm 31, turn back a chapter. Psalm 31, we're hid. This is what we're talking about tonight. We are hid. Say, I'm hid. Say, I am hid with Christ in God. You are. That's what the New Testament says. Psalm 31, 14. Hallelujah. But I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my God. My times are in thy hand. Deliver me from the hand of mine enemies and turn and, and enemies and from them that persecute me. You are hid. You are hid. Deliver us from those that persecute us, Lord. Praise God. So we're governed by a different economy. Turn to John 17. Big John. You listen to Brother Pastor Buzzy, a little while and you'll start saying Big John and Big Little John and <laughs> Hallelujah. He is a blessing. Still is in heaven. John 17, verse 13. Jesus speaking here. And we're separated from this world system. That's what he's talking about here. Verse 13. It says, uh, And now come, now I come to thee. And these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. And he's talking to God here. Jesus is talking to God. And now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Now the world is going to think you're strange, and the world is going to hate you, some of them more than others. Uh, because you're not of them. You don't act like them, you don't talk like them, and you won't agree with them. Pastor and I were talking today how uh, the doctors and nurses get frustrated with him because he won't say 
they'll say, so you have this, and he won't say it. He won't say, he won't agree. And he'll say, he just, I don't know what he says, but he won't agree with them. He will not say. And the same, you know, they'll say, well, uh, now write down everything your mother and your dad have. Well, I'm blessed because my mother and dad are real healthy at 80 years old, 80 and 80, 81, 80 and 81. So I'm blessed. I don't, wouldn't even have to write down much, but uh, I don't write it down. I don't tell them. It's like, what are you going to do about it? It is none of your business. Just, you know, uh, you, you can do what you want to do, but you, when you start acting like that, like we're acting, they will look at you strange. When I go to the doctor, they say, how are you? And I say, I'm real good. And they look at you like, nah, well, what are you here for <laughs> exactly? <laughs> you know, and it is hard to go. And, you know, I don't try to tell them my faith. Now, I believe in God, and I don't tell them that. The Bible says, have your faith to yourself. So I keep it as simple as possible because what I usually want from them is information. That's really what I'm looking for, what I can pray against. Hallelujah. And sometimes information will help you a lot because sometimes you find out that the symptoms the devil's putting on your body are just lying symptoms because they do the test and they go, well, there's nothing wrong with you. And I'm going, well, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And then you get mad at the devil. Okay, verse 15, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from evil. So Jesus said, I'm not going to pray, God, that you will take them out of the world. I'm just going to pray that you keep them from evil, which would be horrible finances and poverty and lack and, and uh, all of that would be uh, evil, as well as sickness, disease, and he, you know, God could have planned that Jesus, as soon as we received Jesus Christ as our Savior, the next day we were gone. But he said, no, I'm not going to pray that. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy wor truth. Thy word is truth. Sanctify means set them apart. Keep them separate. Keep them away. Keep them untouched by. Sanctify them. How? By your word, Lord. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so I have also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. We are set apart. We are, uh, we are not subject to by truth. So the truth you know can set you apart. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their words. So this was not just a prayer that he prayed th for the disciples and that's how far it went. No more. No, this is for everybody that would believe on his word. That they all may be one as thou father art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me or that I have been sent. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them that they may be one, even as we are one. So we already have Jesus' glory. Hallelujah. So we just need to act like it. So um, this scripture tells us we're, to we're not to just survive, we're to thrive. Survive means barely get by, merely exist, but we're to thrive. We're to flourish, succeed, advance, and prosper. Advance. I like that word advance. I don't like to be stuck. I want to advance. Uh, hallelujah. Verse 14, we are not of this world system. So they're, they're not going to like us because we're not of their system. Hallelujah. Now I believe, I'm believing to develop my faith to the point where we don't even go to the doctor. But you know, my faith's not completely there yet. And I think you'd have to admit that maybe yours isn't either. But I'd like to be there, wouldn't you? And at least I'm to the place where I know, now I'm not of this system. And I'm not going to buy everything the doctor says, do everything the doctor says. This doctor's not my source. I'm not going to buy everything the banker says. I'm not going to do everything the realtor says. This they, they don't know anything. I'm listening to the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So verse 15, keep them from evil. Matthew 6.13 agrees with that. It says, deliver us from evil. That's the Lord's prayer. Deliver us from evil, Lord. Galatians 1.4, deliver us from this present evil world. 
Everything that's in this present evil world. Muggers and robbers and uh, car wrecks. And you just, you just name it. Even high finances. You know, God, if we will pray, He will show us bargains. He will give us favor. Amen. People will change things and make special deals just for us. I don't know why I'm doing this. I just like you. How about that? Amen. We'll find things at the thrift store. We don't have to be thrift store minded where it's like, oh, you know, we can't afford it if it don't come from the thrift store. Now, that'd be wrong. But if you razzoo through there every once in a while, hallelujah, expect a bargain. Expect something marvelous. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you go to a garage sale, expect something wonderful. Hallelujah. Expect to buy a painting that, oh, they didn't know it was a master's or something. Believe God. Thank you, Jesus. 1 John 5.18 says, The wicked one toucheth him not. The wicked one, say, The wicked one cannot touch me. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 10.13 He has made a way to escape. That's where no temptation is overtaking you, but such as is common to man. And with that temptation, in the Amplified it says, He has made a way to escape. So even in these financially tempting times, there's a way to escape that. First of all, our stuff don't wear out. You know, I heard David Horton say the other day that every time he gets a car, he lays his hand on the dash and he's speaking to that car all the time and says, as long as I own you, you will work, you will function. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We got scripture for that in the wilderness. Their shoes didn't wear out. Hallelujah. You don't have to have your shoes wear out. Just if you don't like them, send them to the Salvation Army and get a new pair. But you don't have to have them wear out to, to say you need a new pair. Say, I can't stand these shoes and they won't wear out. Well, you know, just get big and donate them. Pastor had his mom bought him some shoes one time he hated. And uh, he, he, he hated them so bad. He is a kid. So every time he rode his motorcycle, he drug his feet trying to wear them out. I wonder if she knows that. Hallelujah. That will be fun. I love to see, I, I like to see my mother-in-law. She said calls it flusterated, and she doesn't even know that's not how you say it. And uh, so we love to get her flusterated because she's so funny when she gets flusterated. <laughs> she's hilarious. Uh, uh, Sometime we'll have to tell you about how she nearly ran over Eric with her car when she was staying with him, chasing her dog in the field in her car. <laughs> anyway, we don't have time tonight. Okay. Verse 17 in that John said, Sanctify them through thy truth. Sanctified from the world through the word. Sanctified means separated and cut away from the effects of. We are separated and cut away from the effects of the world. We just, you know what? We all know this. All we need to do is keep ourselves refreshed about it all the time. Keep ourselves refreshed in Psalm 91. Keep, you know, I, a little lady backed into my car at Red Lobster Sunday. I said, you know, that ain't supposed to be able to happen. And you can't even hardly see it. But I said, she got, I'm on. I'm closing the gap. Hallelujah. That's not right. That's not what we're supposed to have. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Romans 8, 2. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free or has separated me from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death is operating in the world. You know, some people say, well, God judged that. Well, He didn't have to. The law of sin and death is operating. He judged it in the Garden of Eden, and the law of sin and death is still operating, and there's just one way out of it, and that's Jesus Christ and Him crucified and standing on the Word of God. 
Hallelujah. First, Second Peter says uh, that by these promises, we might escape the corruption that is in the world through lust. There's just one way to escape, and that's through the Word of God. Even praying won't cause you to escape. You can pray and you can get 500,000 more people to pray. And if you don't stand on the Word of God, and if you're just praying God will do something He already did, you won't get anywhere. It's true. Now, or if you're praying the right way, but then you're saying it different. You know, well, we're going broke. We can't afford that. We're up into debt. We're up to our eyeballs. <laughs> Hallelujah. Or Michael's uncle, I'm so poor, I can't pay attention. We watched a thing on Dixie the other night. I, if you can pick this up, watch this. It, you'll, be, you'll be southern proud after you watch it. But it was uh, called, uh, uh, what was it called? You Don't Know Dixie. And it was on History 2 is what that channel it was on. It was two hours long. But I'm telling you, but one guy that was on there, he talked about being poor and proud. And I think that's kind of been a southern thing about, of being proud to be poor. And he did. He looked poor in Job's turkey. But really, a lot of times, you know, the fact then they started saying all the things he had done and the, he had started a record label and he, now he still wore his overalls and he still had the long beard and had the hat and he still made moonshine over there in South Carolina. But he said he just did it to, because it was a, a, a trade that was going away and he wanted to keep it alive. You know, such a mission, such a mission, <laughs> you know, this moonshine. And, uh, uh, yeah, I'll just, you know, fight the fight to keep that going. Hallelujah. Because there's really no market for it anymore because you can just go down to ABC or wherever and buy the stuff. You don't have to go out there. Like one man on there said drinking moonshine was like lighting glass on fire and then swallowing it. I wouldn't know. I'm just quoting him. But anyway, that wasn't the best part of the program. The rest of the program was better about all the things Southerners have to be proud of. Hallelujah. Even Alabama football was mentioned in there. And how, you know, they, they actually give Alabama 1926 Rose Bowl the credit for reinstating the spirit of the South that was lost in the Civil War. If Alabama hadn't run the Rose Bowl in 1926, we would still be under that broken spirit of the Civil War because we lost. Hallelujah. Now that's what they said. And I was proud. I tell you, I, I was. I couldn't help it. And you know, to hear them tell it, Bear Bryant in 1970 got the South in, uh, in, uh, integrated. He purposely, they said, brought uh, some California team, was it Southern Cal or somebody, in to play the first game, and they whooped the tar out of Alabama right here in Tuscaloosa and they had an integrated team and he used that to convince all the southern coaches and that University of Alabama that we need blacks on our team and the next year he had one and the next year he had one third of his team hallelujah praise God I mean but so it'll make you southern proud and you know we even invented the tow truck down here in the south and just all the stuff that southerners have invented hallelujah some man cut the back end off of his Cadillac, and, yeah, a Cadillac, and built all these bars and stuff and put a winch on it because it took 10 men eight hours to get a truck out of a ditch. And so he invented the tow truck out of that. And so if y'all get a chance, watch that show. Record it. But I don't know what I was saying. Yeah, but <laughs> Well, we ought to have fun every once in a while, so I'm giving y'all a little fun. But how, oh, he's talking about that they're proud to be poor. A lot of Southerners have that, that, that spirit kind of still tries to operate here. Proud to be poor. Hallelujah. But they're making moonshine, trying not to be poor, but they're proud that they are. It's, it, you, know, you know how warped and convoluted things like that can get? If you was really proud to be poor, you wouldn't even try to make any money. You'd just eat possum and catch frogs and your hand down catfish's necks and yeah they do that you know hallelujah and you'd live off the land hallelujah praise god okay so we thrive and prosper in tough times and that's one thing they did say about the south is that the south no matter what you did to it it, can't, it would never stop. They'll just try another way and come at it another way. If this don't work, we'll try another thing. Hallelujah. 
Never giving up. That's how we are, isn't it? We're never giving up. If this way don't work, we'll try it another way. Hallelujah. So we thrive and prosper in tough times. We're not subject to the economy. We flourish in spite of what is happening. We're untouched and unaffected. Say, I am untouched and I am unaffected. Let's go over to Exodus 8, verse 23, and we'll be shutting down with this. This is my favorite part. Right over here, Exodus 8, verse 23. Now, we know that this is the story of Moses and Pharaoh. And uh, hallelujah. The Bible says that God hardened Pharaoh's heart. And I, when I was a young Christian, just getting into this spirit-filled thing, I'm like, God, I don't understand that. Why would you do that? And it was like, and the Lord spoke to me, and He told me. He said, Debbie, the Word will either put you over or it'll harden your heart. When the Word of God comes, it'll either put you over or it'll harden your heart. And you know, the Word of God came to Pharaoh, let my people go. It could have put him over. He, it, God would have blessed him. God would have prospered him if he had just obeyed and let Israel go. Let the Jews, the Hebrews go. But you cannot be neutral about the Word of God. It will either harden your heart, it'll put you over. It'll be the biggest blessing, or if it'll be the stone the builders rejected. And if you don't fall on that stone, the stone will fall on you. It may not happen today, it may not happen tomorrow, but it is going to happen. You cannot prosper in disobedience. You cannot prosper working against the Word of God. And God isn't given, you know, payday's not ever Saturday night in the God's kingdom. But payday's coming. And payday in the way of judgment is not ever Saturday night either. It, payday comes when sowing and reaping has worked through the system. And that's, that's, that's the way it comes for financial prosperity. You don't sow a seed tonight and reap it on Saturday as a general rule. Now, God's free to put it supernatural on anything. But as a general rule, He just lets the system work, the sowing and reaping system. That's why we sow all the time. So we have a constant, so we can reap every day. We are, I, you know, there is, there is harvest available to me right now because I have been sowing actively since 1980, purposefully since 1980. Even before that, I was given though. But I've purposely sowing seeds since 1980. So there's, there's seed available every day. I can harvest available for me every day. Seed to sow and bread to eat. And that's why we do that. Well, it's the same with judgment. Is It's not coming just because you send on Monday. It's not coming on Saturday. Because of that, a lot of people think they got by with it. And, but, but judgment's in the earth. God's not even judging, but sowing and reaping's working, and that is a form of judgment. And there's good judgment, which is when I sow my seed, I get a good judgment. I get a harvest. When I sow a blessing, I get a, people bless me back. I get a harvest. Rita said, to me, told me this week, said, uh, one day she felt led to buy the church some cup towels, because because we just didn't have anything to dry dishes with. And not because we couldn't buy them, but we just don't think of it till we're having a fellowship. And then we go, where are all the blooming cup towels? And uh, so she just went and got some. And then she said, you know what? I don't know how long it was, but she went to her mother's house. And mother said, oh, I got something I want to give you. Gave her a whole paper sack, grocery sack full of new cup towels. It's coming. Several months. Okay. Hallelujah. Don't come every Saturday, does it? But it's coming. Hallelujah. So, uh, uh, so this is what happened in Pharaoh. The word came to him. And he could have said, I'll do it. And you know, he, he knew it was God. Especially he did after the first judgment came. And this is Old Covenant, but we're going to look at this. Because it's got a, a principle. Exodus 8.23. Okay, it says, and I will put a... Okay, let's go back to 22. 
21. Else if thou wilt not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of flies upon thee and upon thy servants and upon thy people and into thy houses and the house of the Egyptians shall be full of swarms of flies and also the ground whereon they are. And I will sever in that day the land of Goshen in which my people dwell. That's where the Israelites were. That no swarms of flies shall be there to the end that thou mayest know that I am the Lord in the midst of the earth. And I will put a division, say a division, between my people and thy people, tomorrow shall this sign be. And the Lord did so. Right there in my margin, after put a, on put a division, it says a redemption. God puts a wall of redemption around His people who will believe Him. And they had a wall of redemption around them. Hallelujah. And the flies couldn't get in the wall of redemption. And we could go down in chapter 9, verse 1 through 7, and he said, okay, your cattle is going to die. And it says, uh, And the Lord shall divide between the cattle of Israel, verse 4, and the cattle of Egypt, and there shall nothing die of all that is the children of Israel's. And in verse 6, And the Lord did that thing on the morrow, and all the cattle of Egypt died, but the cattle of the children of Israel died not one. You need to set your faith on a wall of redemption. The tornado comes, but you are under your your house is behind a wall of redemption. Your your wife, I, I, you know, uh, if you're at the school that day, bless God. It's kind of too bad they turned out school. We would have still had an Alberta Elementary, cause Leanne would have saved it. Hallelujah! It couldn't have got there. It would have had to lift up. It would have had to go over. Hallelujah. It had to lift up. It, in, 2000, in the year 2000, December 16th, coming right towards our house, we have pictures of it. Pastor stood out the back door of our house and took pictures of it. And it had to lift up. It had to lift up and it sat back down and, and took a bunch of things out. You know, I, we believe as far as we can for other people, but sometimes their mouth is overriding what we say. Hallelujah. Now we're, our, and plus our faith is more developed than it was in 2000. Now what we're saying this year is, you're not coming in this county. Tornadoes, you will not come this year. My mom says today, well, y'all, now y'all are in tornado season now, aren't you? And, you know, because she's coming next week. And I said, we already got on it early this year. We need to get on it and stay on it. Amen. And I had a quickening too. I have literally had a quickening to stay on it against earthquakes too in Alabama. So, you know, and earthquakes can happen anywhere. Now, you know, used to, we just thought, well, that's California, but it's anywhere. Okay, 9 verse 22. We're going to close right here. And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch forth thine hand toward heaven, that there may be hail in all the land of Egypt, upon man and upon beast, and upon every herb of the field throughout the land of Egypt. And Moses stretched forth his rod toward heaven, and the Lord sent thunder and hail, and the fire ran along upon the ground. And the Lord rained hail upon the land of Egypt. So there was hail and fire mingled with the hail. I had never seen that fire mixed with hail. I don't know if that's talking about lightning or what, but uh, very grievous, such as there was none like it in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. And the hail smote in, uh, uh, only in the land of Goshen, verse 26, where the children of Israel were, was there no hail. He had a wall of redemption around them. And the way he got that wall of redemption around them is he said, I want you to kill a lamb. And he has to be a lamb without spot or blemish. And I want you to take the blood of that lamb. And I want you to put it on your doorposts and on your lentils. And what is that the shape of? Hallelujah. And the ones that did it, there was a wall of redemption. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's develop our faith. I believe we can do this. I, I believe we have scripture for this. Let's develop our faith where mosquitoes can't even come on. First of all, they're pestilence. They are pests. Would you believe that? Secondly, they carry contagion. I want to develop my faith for that. Uh, Bruce Allen said that in, uh, you know, he goes to a swamp, you know, like, well, what do they call that? Down in the equator and the 
Amazon and tropics, yeah, down there, and uh, that there was mosquitoes bad, you know, and that they uh, really, really just chewed him up and spit him out. They they liked him. Uh, they liked that American meat. <laughs> and so he was like, God, I want, you know, I'm willing to go, and God, I'm, I really, you know, I'm not complaining, but Lord, I just, the only thing I dread about it is the mosquitoes, because he was going again for another time. And the Lord said, release the glory. You've got the glory inside of you, and we read a while ago where we have the glory. He said, release the glory. And so he released the glory that night before he went to the meeting. He said, they're mosquitoes. He said, they, you could just see them in the air. Not one of them touched him. But he said there was a lady on the front row, and she said, man, the mosquitoes have just eaten me alive tonight, and they usually don't ever bother me. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, you know, we, we, can, we can develop our faith to go further with this. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, we can develop our faith to during this time to just survive. Where finances are high, well, we'll survive. Or we can develop our faith to thrive during this time. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I think I uh, might have had a little confession to make. Let me see. Let me turn back over there. I think I had a confession. No, I don't. We'll do that next time. Had a confession next time. Okay, let's stand up together. It's only 7.15. I could have gone another hour. That's what it says. Oh, yeah, Pastor, come up here. I was ready to go.